daf mem bet amud bet. Nourish your actions. Aaron nami afkira. In all areas of our lives, we live in two spheres. We live in the sphere of the ideal, the romantic, and we live in the sphere of the of the real and the practical. Uh, we live in the area and the sphere of of ideas and philosophies, and we live in the area of practical action. And in the Torah sense, we live in uh, the idea of Torah, which is everything contained in Jewish ideology and philosophy and thought and and law and everything that constitutes Jewish thinking. And we also have mitzvot, we have the actions. And sometimes we think of these two areas, both in our general lives and in our Torah lives, as, as being separate. There's the theoretical and there's the practical. But today we're going to explore the intimate connection and the organic flow between that which is theoretical and that which is practical, at least in the area of Torah, and probably in other areas as well. And it's an unusual share today because um, you might have noticed that generally uh, I tend to work with the Gemara and the Rishonim, the early medieval commentators, who are the foundation of everything we know, uh, through to the Poskim, uh, the Rif, the Rosh, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, and, and commentators on the Shulchan Aruch, but that, that I really really veer beyond them into the uh, more modern authorities on, on learning. And when I do, I curate them very carefully. Um, today we have quite an intersection between the area of, of technical learning of, of halacha and, and Kabbalah and philosophy. And we're going to explore this interaction through a very unrelated or seemingly unrelated aspect in the Gemara itself. We start with the Mishnah on Dafmem Bezamud Aleph that says, if a person has made an error that he's not going to have any benefit from another, and it's Shemitah time, ain't your raid latoch sadehu, you may not go into his field, aval ochel hu notot, but if he has branches uh, during the Shemitah year, hanging over the boundary of his field so that you could eat the fruit. It's the fruit that belongs to, to him, if it weren't for a Shemitah year, uh, the seventh year that we're not allowed to use the, the fruit of, of the earth, we're not allowed to work the, the land in Eretz Israel. Uh, so you could eat the fruit if you were plucking it from branches that were overhanging the boundary, but you can't go into his property because you're not allowed to have benefit from him and Although you're going there to eat the fruit, you might stay longer. There are various reasons that we learn in the Gemara as to why, why not and what we're concerned about. Ask the Gemara, What is it? Why are we allowed to eat from the fruit hanging over the boundary, even though I've made a neder, I've made an oath, I'm going to have no benefit from this person, but I'm allowed to eat his fruit? Because the period of in him, because the fruit is not his, the fruit is hefkir, the Torah is mafkir. It renders our fruit ownerless for the period of the Shemitah, enabling poor people and passers-by to help themselves to the fruit because it doesn't belong to us. Part of the idea of Shemitah is to abandon ownership and to realize the land doesn't belong to us. We only have the right to farm it and to use it. Um, and, and that's why we're allowed to use this person's fruit. But ask the Gemara, Aranami Afkira, the land is also Hefka. It's not only the Fruit that is Hefka, but the land is also Hefka. And so there are two different answers. Ula gives an answer, and Rabbi Shimon ben Eliakim gives an answer, which we, in fact, have had on Daflamatet just a few days ago, 
We're afraid that he's going to stay there longer than he needs for the fruit, and then he'll land up taking, having benefit from this individual's property, even though he has made an error not to have any, any benefit from him. And the Ran explains that Why shouldn't you be able to go into the land and, and gather the fruit there? Because the land is Hefker as well, it doesn't belong to him. So I'm not getting, getting any benefit from him particularly. Uh, and uh, Tosfat explains The Torah has made a people's land Hefker in as much as the public can come inside the properties to eat the fruits. Why can't he go down and, and eat from it? Be that as may, the point that we want to get from this piece of, of Gemara is that the land is also Hefker. The, the fruit of the tree is Hefker. It's ownerless and anybody can take can use it. And to a certain extent, the land itself is Hefker. And there's a bit of an aside piece of learning. I'm not going to go into it in a whole lot of, of detail. Uh, it's a sma. The smile is uh, written on the of the Chosha Mishpat on parts of the Shulchan Aruch, and, and very foundational. We've used him many times before. And on this Gemara, he deduces from here that Hefker Lizman Nami Hefker, that one can make something Hefker for a limited period of time. I can say that I'm rendering my fruit or I'm rendering my property Hefker for a year or for a month. But after that time is over, it comes back to me. And that, that works, says the Sma. Because, because the whole idea of Hefke, we learn from Shemitah. And Shemitah, we've just come out of the Shemitah year. And it ends at the end of the year. And, there's, and it's no longer Hefke. Now we can no longer go from Rosh Hashanah this year. We can no longer walk into the farms and help ourselves to fruit. Uh, because the fruit is no longer Hefke. So you see, says the Sma, that Hefker works even if it's for a limited period of time. Shimon Shkop asks the question, and I have to say that I have not seen the Sma and Shimon Shkop inside. Uh, the, the quotes, the references that, that are brought here are not accurate, and I haven't had the time to search for them. Um, but the, the source is a reliable source. Uh, Shimon Shkop says uh, he has a difficulty with the Sma because it's the the fruit isn't hefker for a period of time. The fruit of the Shemitah year is hefker. Once new fruit comes onto the trees, that fruit is no longer hefker. It's not as if the fruit is hefker for 12 months or for 8 months or 6 months or whatever, and then the hefker falls off the fruit. The hefker is on the fruit. It's just that by the time the year is over, the new fruit is not affected by that hefker. The Lord Chalalem did hefker. And therefore they belong to the owner for that reason. Um, and, and therefore he questions what the Sma means by saying that you can see from the laws of Shemitah that Hefker for a given period of time is valid. Says Rabbi Shimon Shkop, it's not for a given period of time, it's just that there's a new crop after the first crop is done. This is not the same object, it's not the same oranges or apples that were Hefker the one year, it's a different crop of apples that are, have, are not Hefker the following year. So there's, there's no indication from that. Um, and then he goes to say that what, what the Sma might mean is that the Hefker that he's talking about is not really about the fruit, but about the land. Uh, that the land, is we see from our Gemara, the land is also Hefker 
in as much as it is permitted for people to walk over the land in order to gather fruit. And that hefker of the land is hefker only for a period of time. That land does not change. It's not a new crop of land. It's the same crop of it's the same land the next year, and the next year it's not it's not hefker. Um, and Rabdovid Pavaski goes on. Rabdovid Pavaski was a Rosh Hashiva in Ponovich Yeshiva for 50 years. I, I met him, I knew him. Um, he was a Talmud of Ponovich Yerov of Rav Kahaman already back in Ponovich before the war. And then they both landed up in Israel and the Ponovich Yerov asked him to become a Rosh Yeshiva in, uh, in, in Ponovich Yeshiva where he was for a long, for a long time. And and he takes this idea further and says, with with hefker of a field and of trees and of fruit, it's not really the fruit at all that becomes hefker. Rather, it is the tree's generative power that is hefker. It is the tree and its capacity to produce fruit. It's that power of the tree that becomes hefker. And consequently, the fruit is hefker. But it's not the fruit that becomes hefker. Uh, it, it's much something much more permanent that becomes Hefka, and in fact, only for a period of time. And it's this idea of the connection between the tree and the fruit that we can see. Look at the land which generates the tree, and the land is Hefka, and therefore the tree is on the land of Hefka, and the capacity of the tree to generate is Hefka, and the result, the outcome of all of that is that the fruit is also Hefka, that the fruit is not made Hefka separately. It's through the uh, so to say, almost nourishment of the earth and the tree into the fruit has hefker in it, and so that makes the fruit also become hefker. And I, I want to use this idea of the relationship between the tree and the fruit to understand the relationship between theory and practice based on the Zohar. So the Mishnah says in, in Perik Aleph of Pichai Ovis, that lo ikar ben Gamliel says, it's not the study of Torah that is the main part, it is the doing, it is the living of Torah. Now that doesn't in any way trivialize or minimize the importance of the learning of Torah, as we'll see. Uh, but we need to understand, what does that mean? Because in many other places we see that the, the Torah is the main part and that the Maizim are the outcome, the, the deeds are the outcome. <laughs> this is Zohar in, in Parshas Pinchas. When the Zohar says, the Oraisi it creates, the Torah is called a tree. As we know, it's called Eitz Chaim Hila Machazakimba. Uvar Nashu Eitz, and human beings are called trees. Yadam Eitz Hasadeh. Ufekudin Deba Damian Leiva. And the mitzvahs in the Torah are compared to the fruit of the tree. So the relationship between the action and the theory, the Torah, the learning of the Torah, and the actual deeds that emerge from that, the, the actions, the life uh, principles that we gather from the Torah and enact them in our lives, that's the fruit, that's the outcome of the tree. Uh, and there, just as a person, a man without children is called an akar, is barren, or a woman without children is called barren. Of hachi oraisa, the same thing applies with the Torah, below pikudin. If the Torah is learnt but not practiced, if it's learnt out of academic interest, without a full um, translation of what one is learning into action, that's also called a barren Torah. And that's what Rabbi Shimon Gamliel means. 
that learning alone without being translated into life, without living the Torah and giving, breathing life into it by living it in one's day-to-day life and bringing the principles we have learned into the way we engage with the world and with objects and with people and with things, if we don't bring the Torah into our worldly life, then that Torah is barren. So we see that the capacity of the ideas of Torah, the thoughts of Torah, the philosophies of Torah, the Kedusha of Torah, the sanctity, to infuse itself into the actions and give those actions life and vibrancy and quality. And there's a beautiful piece of of Rav Kook. Uh, As I said, it's an unusual shir. I'm I'm, I'm quoting not only from Kabbalah, but also from uh, Rav Kook, from his Shmone Kavotzim, which is the only material we have of Rav Kook that was actually written by in his hand by him, which are the eight essays that, that he wrote. And in the first essay, he has a piece where he talks about if you damage an idea and we distance ourselves from the idea by the result of immersing ourselves in the smallness of our day-to-day life, from instead of being involved in the greatness and the high places of these thoughts, then we create deeds that, that should be great and should have within them the power of godliness. Those deeds, those maisim themselves, those deeds get damaged by the fact that our ideas have become distorted. And he talks then how our, the practice of Yiddishkeit becomes small and mean and and almost worthy of mockery, not because of the actions, but because we've lost the power of the Torah, the majesty of Torah that needs to be infused into those actions. Because just as the health and the deliciousness and taste of fruit depends on the health of the tree and the, and the earth which is feeding those trees, and we see in these halachot the close, intimate connection between the earth and the tree and the fruit, so in the area of Torah and mitzvot, of the theory of, of the Torah and the practice of living Torah, there is that same connection and the quality of our thinking, the quality and love and majesty of the way we learn our Torah infuses its meaning, its taste, its beauty into the actions that we live in our lives. <laughs>